0: Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base
1: Beauty Creative Agency. Welcome back. This episode features Charlotte Cho. She's the co-founder of SoCo Glam, and she's a major K-beauty expert. She was actually introduced to the podcast through Jessica Hansen of Amore Pacific, who's also been a guest on our show. And if you missed last week's episode, it features Daniela Chokan. She's the marketing director at Cosmoprof North America. And if you plan to be at the Cosmoprof Las Vegas show in July, please let me know. I'd love to meet up with you. I'll be there as well. Hey everybody, welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty. I'm sitting here with Charlotte Cho. She's the co-founder of Soko Glam. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here. I want to tell everyone how we met. Because I love those sort of origin stories. Yeah. So um, it was Jessica Hansen, right. who was a guest on our pod a few months ago. And after she she did the pod, she thought, oh, I really need to connect the two of you together, which I just love so much. Yeah, it was really nice of her. She's
0: amazing so far. She's been leading a more Pacific for a couple months now. and She's just like full steam ahead. I see
1: so much so much positive change with yeah. the brand. And I'm excited to see what's coming up. Yeah, she has a really strong vision. You can for see sure. it. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to mention also that... It's not just our pod people that bring people together but also um the crisscrossing of sessions so after your session today another session will be coming in and you'll meet whoever that person is and what's really cool is the magic that happens in the hallway when people that never met each other get to connect you know just for a few minutes and get to know each other and realize they actually have a lot in common so um who's coming uh, it's christy Ingalls. she works for this company that is like if you're ready to expand, they're gonna be your mobile sales force, they're gonna be your mobile trainers, oh, they're gonna wow. be like everything. So it really helps smaller companies like get scale. that scale. Yes, nice. Yeah. So nice. they become experts in your brand and your product and take that on the road. Yeah, okay. it's pretty impressive. They do a lot of other cool things too. But I met her through another m- my podcast guest.
0: Okay. I had to introduce you to someone too then. Oh good, awesome. <laughs> I love it.
1: Um, so you've been traveling quite a bit. Yes. I've been
0: I just came back from LA uh just two days ago and then before that I was San Francisco and then Korea so
1: <laughs> does travel so like ever get lonely for you
0: I, I'm actually pretty independent so I'm not that lonely um I take that back (laughs) actually when I am in Korea for weeks on end so last time I was in Korea I was there for about a month I do get kind of lonely just because um, I'm by myself I I do have team members out in Korea but I I don't see my husband for a whole month Uh, a lot of my friends whom I've you know, grew up with in Korea uh, in my early 20s. Um, they now have families, they have kids, so they can't really come out as often. So I find myself eating dinner alone by myself several days in a row. And so that those are the times when I do get lonely. A month at a time is a long time to be away. Yeah, and it's such a great time to be exploring. And I, I feel very fortunate to have that alone time. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it is
1: it is pretty long. I read an interview with Jen Atkin. You know, she's um, fun of the way in Maine, edX. and me mm-hmm. and and she's like a supremely awesome social media star right um and she talked about the fact that she's always traveling she's always on yeah. the road that like the social media community is her friend when she's away totally and you can see that in like the um the amount she posts you know how intimate her posts get um right. that it's her way to feel connected to human beings when she's in places basically by herself
0: right for sure and it's so nice to have that community because and they're everywhere like i'm in korea and they're like oh are you gonna have a meetup are you Gonna, you know, let's meet and do something. I'm right across the street from you, and it's so insane how small the world is.
1: <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever just like met fans? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I have small
0: meetups. Uh, I've done it in Korea. I've done it in New York, California, LA, Irvine. I've done it in so many places, and uh, it's seriously crazy how small the world is. When you have when you have one, and just people come out and they and they chat about you know, how they discovered soko Glam or how they they. How their skin t- skin routine has changed,
1: it's it's really encouraging. And are these impromptu or are these planned events? Sometimes they're planned, sometimes they're impromptu. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, um, tell us what you're going to do with your time today.
0: Today? Um, well, I came back from a long business trip, so um, I'm just catching up now. And it's so nice to see all the faces in the office. I really like being at home. I really do like being in New York. Um, we have so many new people in the office I've never met before, new interns, new full-time team members, so it's good to catch up. How many people are part of Soko Glamour? Currently, we have 37. That's awesome. Yeah. And this has been fast growth. It, is. it has been, yeah. It's, it's so crazy. I, I never would have imagined it growing this fast. Um, in June, we'll have another eight people joining the team. That's so, amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, so you're at the stage now where you actually don't know everybody anymore.
0: No, no, that's not true. Um, we're still small enough for me to know everyone, mm-hmm. um, but maybe 2019
1: it'll change. <laughs> And how does that feel knowing that change is coming?
0: It's pretty daunting, but um, I do know that we have an awesome team in place, and we're so lucky. Everyone gets along with each other, there's no kindness, there's so many um, really hardworking smart people on the team, and so I, it's just so comforting knowing that everyone is such a go-getter, everyone just gets it, and they, everyone's working hard for the same mission.
1: And have you ever had one of those like bad apple situations where someone does join the team and they're like, you know, maybe a really negative or kind of caustic person that really kind of changes the atmosphere and the dynamic? Honestly,
0: like I said earlier, we're so lucky that everyone gets along and it's been so positive. And I've kind of been like bracing myself for that moment when there is someone that's really negative, um, but luckily we haven't. So I think our our people ops team. For creating like a really good culture and really focusing on that, obviously not everyone's going to be happy, but um, at least we have anonymous surveys and places and formats for them to actually voice their opinion.
1: That's great. It's very hard when um, everyone feels like a family, and a newcomer comes in who isn't the right fit or doesn't really understand that culture or came from like a really like maybe yeah yeah, complicated place, right? Right. Um, And either they'll. get with the program and realize that they can, you know, relax right, and, loosen right. up and they don't have to be on the defensive or they just won't work. And, you know, it's hard when it's that first time when oh, you have yeah. to be confronted totally. with that.
0: And totally. And as we get bigger and bigger, you know, sometimes it's harder for people to get context and what decisions are being made because not everyone's in the same meeting. Right. And sometimes you just need to trust the team and the leadership and then just make sure everyone's aligned and on the same page. So that's what I've learned in the past year. Um, it's it's been kind of interesting seeing the growth, and luckily, like I said, the people ops team—they're very seasoned. They're very—they know what what to do. And also, um, Dave, my husband, who's a co-founder of Sogo Glam, he's comes from a management background, so he kind of understands how to facilitate everything and make sure everything runs smoothly.
1: Well, let's talk about um, why you both started this company. Give us the origin yeah. story. Okay. So um, basically, I was born and raised in California,
0: Um, didn't have much of a skincare routine, was not a skin expert, (laughs) and I pretty much loved sunbathing without any sunscreen (laughs) on the beach because I was from California, and then I had this amazing opportunity to live in Korea, and um, this was right after college, basically, and I was so excited to get out of Irvine. I went to UC Irvine, and uh, I just was so excited for that big city life. So it was either New York or Seoul, and I, I chose Seoul, thank God. <laughs> and then I literally picked up and left, didn't really have many friends. I didn't have any relatives, really. I had an uncle and a cousin, but um, wasn't really familiar with them, and so all my friends were kind of worried, oh, what are you going to do out there? You don't know anyone, like, but. I have no strings attached in California. This is my time to just go. So I'm so glad I did. And then I absolutely loved the culture there, the people, the food, the the beauty. I was pretty much blown away. And, And then everything changed from there I adopted a Korean skincare routine because all my colleagues from Samsung taught me how to take care of my skin I learned about essences exfoliation saunas everything and I just fell in love with it and then every time we come home I would tell my friends all about it and they started getting into it and then I started sending them products and then it just snowballed from there and my husband were like hey you know this is an awesome way to stay connected to Korea because we we knew our time in Korea would come to a close eventually and and so, basically, we said, "Hey, let's put like let's put our entrepreneur hat on, and let's just do this like fun side project where we introduce our favorite products to the U.S. to our friends in the U.S. and then see where it goes." And it was it was so crazy to see it really explode from the very beginning, um, and we were really lucky. Timing was perfect. Digital was starting to pick up. Social skincare um, started to be more exciting because it could be shown visually on social media, and yeah, it was very serendipitous and very
1: awesome start starting point for us. So let's go back to your time working at Samsung mm-hmm. and um, your coworkers indoctrinating you into skincare. Yeah, um, did it happen like? Gradually, or was there one moment where they're all like, "Oh, you don't do this," and you're like, "No, I don't. I don't do this." Like, what, what was that kind of like aha moment for you?
0: Oh well, wow. they kind of uh, essence shamed me because <laughs> they were talking about essences, <laughs> and then I was like, "What's an essence?" And they all turned and looked at me. They're like, "You don't know what an essence is," because that's like the heart of their skincare routine. And then also another time, my <laughs> friends came over to my apartment and they looked at my vanity and they're like where's your skincare and I had like one moisturizer and then like a bar soap in the bath in the bathroom and that's when they're like oh my god we have to teach you everything about skincare because you are 23 years old and you don't know anything and they were so shocked and yeah so they, <laughs> they kind of made fun of me the whole time I had like beachy California waves, and they're like why is your hair so like unruly and we need to calm you down <laughs> they have their own perception of beauty right and you, i don't have to follow everything they say but i did learn a lot about skincare mm. and so that was so fun. the essence shaming
1: is what really drove you to learn more get curious
0: and then all the beauty shops everywhere in korea it was like literally in the subways there'd be beauty shops so i'd be like waiting for my train but there'd be all these beauty shops so it's like you never see that in new york right? right so it was just at every corner it's like a starbucks every corner you see a beauty shop, so it's, like, hard to miss, and then they're so affordable, so you're not feeling like you have to invest, like, a hundred bucks for, like, one cream. You're spending... $2 $2 here, $5 here, $10, $20, and it's so fun and explorable and discoverable that I had so much fun with it. Right, so it,
1: are there any brands in Korea that really are like the $200 serums? Oh yes, yeah. for sure.
0: There's, when you go to the department stores, they do have the higher end price points, but um, for the
1: most part, it's very accessible. Right. So, um, people are as comfortable buying skincare as they would buy a pack of gum, right? Or a subway pack. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty
0: just fluid, easy. You just don't even think about it. And then you gift them, you know? You just have, like, a pack of masks sheet masks in your in your house everyone does it's it's pretty fun (laughs) all right so did you meet your husband in korea yeah so he was serving um he went to west point and then he got stationed out in korea um that's his last duty station before he left the army and so we're both from california so it's pretty crazy to have met halfway across the world in Korea. Um, We met through mutual friends. And then um, he actually has a very extensive skincare routine. So his story is a little bit different from mine. While I didn't have any skincare routine, I learned it in Korea. His mom had taught him everything about sun protection at an early age, you know, cleansing. And she had all these, like, really nice products that she gave him early on. So um, he definitely added more steps as we got to learn about K-Beauty together. But he definitely had a great foundation and a base from his mom.
1: Uh How interesting. So when you met, were you in, was this after Essence Shaming? Like, had you already adopted it? Yeah, I had already adopted it. And And then we met. And
0: then I was like, oh, wow, you have a pretty good skincare routine. Well, I have a few tricks up my sleeve. I taught him about a few things. But, yeah, he would tell me stories about being in Iraq. And he'd be putting on sunscreen religiously because it gets super hot in direct sunlight all the time. And his friends would be like what are you doing <laughs> and you know they would they would be shaming him for right. taking the time to put on sunscreen right did he shame them that they're not wearing it <laughs> i think he was just like oh you guys should do this but i know i'll never convince you but now a lot of people email him
1: message him on social media and be like hey what do you do?
0: Because I want to start picking it
1: up. Right. I would imagine that his um, devotion to skincare would be as interesting to your fans as yours.
0: Oh, yeah, Definitely. He's written a post on the clog about uh, about his skincare routine and it got so much pickup. They're like, I'm forwarding this to my dad. I'm for- forwarding this to my b- boyfriend or husband because I want them to know how important it is. And you're from the military, so you could actually pick it up too. And it doesn't have to be about this like girly, like vain. Like, it's a ritual. It's, right. it's a ritual that takes care of your skin. And he gets so many compliments on his skin all the time even more than me to be honest <laughs> i think it um it's part of your health care definitely right? yeah it's skin cancer the, the there's a the highest rate of skin cancer in the u.s i wonder why you know there's just like this culture of being exposed on the sun and not protecting it and just and then you get skin cancer it's it's crazy. And the lowest skin ca- skin uh, cancer rate is in Korea. Oh, wow. And in other parts of Asia. Yeah, I found that super fascinating. And are people there wearing SPF? Oh, yeah. They're not only wearing SPF and reapplying, but they're also just staying out of direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd go out to a park, and i noticed notice everyone be huddled beneath a tree. Like, they just don't want exposure, mm-hmm. period. And then all the kids out there, they'd have these really nice um, carriages, but like super protected (laughs) like giant like canopies yeah canopies and just i and they told me that it's a uv filter because not all like cloth will will um, cover uv uv rays so they would have this special uv cover and they you know the women would have these visors and they'd have these like arm sleeves and they would have sun umbrellas it was just, they're just staying out of right. sudden
1: exposure. Right, it's and, a totally different mindset here where people just, like, stand out and want it, right? Yeah, yeah, So um, you've become, you know, a, a huge skincare expert to your community and beyond, but um, you had to work hard to get there. What steps did you take to, you know, re- keep reinforcing your expertise and keep learning?
0: So after I started Sogo Glam and started taking off... Um, you know David and I did everything we, we packed boxes we answered customer service inquiries so as I, I was ma- mainly doing this customer inquiries and people would ask me very in-depth questions I could definitely set them up with a routine and tell them how to use the different steps but I wasn't well versed in the biology of the skin so what I decided was at, while I'm running SocoGlam I'm gonna take esthetician courses and so I went to Dermalogica right here oh cool it, it's no longer there sadly but I love their approach it was very skin focused um I know other cosmetology schools or esthetician schools, they focus on like waxing or makeup, or you know, there's all these different parts of the service. But I love that Dermologica focus on ingredients, the biology of the skin, and just skin treatments. And so I went to school there um, pretty much for a year and then um, graduated, got my license, and that helped a ton because. You know, when people have skin issues, it's so related to biology. It's so related to science, and then I was able to back everything I said with that, and so that helped a ton. And then it helped me write my book as well. Mm-hmm. So I was so think- it was really hard to do both, but I'm so glad that I did it.
1: So SoCo Glam is a destination for K beauty, right? Is it only in the U.S.? Can you only purchase if you're in the U.S.?
0: Um, no, there are certain countries that we do ship to, mm-hmm. but mainly the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like ninety-nine percent is from the U.S.
1: So um, you know, when you enter. the... This business, there weren't as many players in K-Beauty right. in this marketplace, and now there's a ton. So um, is that your focus sort of day in and day out is how to be differentiated, how to maintain authenticity, like, you know, when right. there's so much noise around K-Beauty all around you?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So when we started, literally no one was talking about Korean beauty. Um, one of the editors I reached out to and just cold emailed and we met. I was like, oh, I want to teach you about Korean beauty. And she's like, oh, Kardashian beauty? Like that's how no one knew. I Like seriously, no one really talked about it. And no one knew what it was. It wasn't defined. They didn't know about the brands. I think they knew that in Asia there's these cute brands. They would reach out and none of the brands would get back to them. Mm. So there's no spokesperson for Key beauty And I kind of... Was there at the right time to talk about it, um, and yeah, it was it was very um, just was very easy to talk about it because no one else was talking about it. Now that there's there's a lot of noise, um, there's a lot of people in the space, um, and we don't really focus on our competitors because you could just like go down a rabbit hole if you do that. Right? <laughs> but um, for us, we really focus on content because that's how we started from the very beginning, and that's how we continue to find a lot of value. A lot of people are v- like me, didn't know anything about skincare, want to get into it and feel very overwhelmed because it is very custom to your own skin type. So we have The Clog, which is our sister site, and we focus so much on content. We have a whole team followed around introducing people to different techniques, skincare routines, all these commonly asked questions. And then even on SoCOGlam Glam, we do focus on a lot of content there. We have something called Faces of SocoGlam Glam we just launched and we have people from different age brackets and different backgrounds first getting into skincare and we kind of guide them on their journey. And so it really has been about just kind of putting our heads down, doing what we do best and just moving forward from there.
1: Thank you, Charlotte, for sharing your wisdom with our listeners today. And if you enjoyed this show with Charlotte, please check us out on Instagram for updates about our show at Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Thanks for
0: listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.